0: Welcome to The Confessional. I'm Mike Moran. Tell us your deepest, your creepiest, your funniest. Confess to us. No one's listening. Everybody, welcome to the confessional podcast. My name is Mike Moran, and I am joined today by co host
1: Natasha Natasha Wines.
0: How are you, Natasha?
1: Try to beat you to it. I'm good. Did you think I didn't
0: remember your name?
1: I was worried you're gonna get my last name wrong. (laughs)
0: No, I know we're close enough that I know your last name. Um, anyway, who are you again? No, uh, (laughs) Natasha, of course, is uh running right now for city council in Baltimore, 10th district.
1: Absolutely,
0: which includes what Pig Town,
1: Pig Town Curtis Bay, Cherry Curtis Bay, Hill, Cherry Hill, Murrell Park, Violetville. Awesome.
0: awesome, and
1: I'm kicking ass. Just so everybody knows, I know
0: I'm so proud of you. You're doing <laughs> awesome, and you get. How, are, they, are they working on a documentary with you? Still? Yes, mm. uh, we
1: have a doc. I have a documentary being made about my story, my life, work with women in the campaign. Awesome, following us around. It's cool. been great.
0: You know who you They're should interview to though? Morgan Kay. Freeman, like that Penguins one. <laughs>
1: I'm sure he, we'll check on that. You I'm sure should. he's available.
0: Why not? Uh, and just FYI, uh, Natasha is not a, a uh, expert on narcissism. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so if, uh, you know, anyone listens to this, do not uh, blast her on social media for...
1: My expertise or lack thereof. Right,
0: right, right. We're I just, just doing wanted, it for I fun. I just want to enjoy We're Mike. trapped indoors. Yeah, no shit. What do you do? Besides discussing narcissism, what the hell else is there to do? Puzzles?
1: God, no, please don't.
0: The voices you're hearing, Natasha, these two women are very talented, very funny. They are much like you're doing in your campaign and much unlike I'm doing with this podcast. They are killing it right now in the podcast world with their true crime campfire podcast. Exciting. Uh, I've listened to it. It's really great. It's, uh, they got a following going. They, they call their fans campers. We got to come up with a term for our fans. Oh, that's
1: awesome. Yeah. Because I just call him
0: Rick. <laughs> 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 please, please welcome to the podcast, Natasha, Whitney, and Katie.
1: Yay.
0: Hey. hey. Hello. Hey.
1: Happy to be here.
0: All right. So who's Whitney? I am Whitney. Uh, and I'm
2: Katie.
0: Excellent. Okay now we know for sure guys tell us about your uh tell us about the true crime campfire please
2: yeah well you know we set out to kind of make as i think katie said originally we wanted to be the true crime podcast we wanted to see in the world because we're both huge fans of, of true Gandhi. crime podcasts yeah. and <laughs> You know, investigation, discovery, and, like, we're both huge true crime nerds from way, way back. Right. I mean, me a little further back because I'm about 13 years Katie Sr. But, um, yeah, so we, we wanted it to kind of feel like sitting around a campfire or, you know, you're all in your jammies at a sleepover. And we try to just tell really interesting – we focus on the stranger than fiction type stories because those are the ones that we find right. the most interesting and we do a lot of research because we know people love the weird little details sure. and we try and inject a little bit of comic relief because you know our slogan is we're, we roast murderers and marshmallows around the campfire that is <laughs> awesome yeah, so we like, to, we like to, to bag on the killers because they deserve it
0: nice you're like the Lisa Lampanelli of serial killers wait
2: what was that we roast murderers <laughs> and what?
0: and marshmallows right? murderers
2: and marshmallows yeah right.
0: and mm-hmm. uh to fit in natasha and i are both wearing our footy pajamas Yeah.
2: So. Right. Oh, i love that yeah. <laughs> yeah i have my fancy pjs on for this one
0: awesome and I don't apparently have
3: fancy so PJs. i'm just wearing my regular pjs
0: and we're just learning that jimmy sleeps nude so. <laughs>
3: yeah Oh, good to know did
0: not know that yep. All yeah, right, that's probably
2: gosh. one of the things that should be added to the McDonald Triad. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, sleeping
0: in the nude. <laughs> right, right. That and McNuggets. Yeah. <laughs> no, the McDonald Triad is, of course, uh, you, you wet the bed, you you have a head injury. You tell me if I'm getting this right or wrong, Whitney and Katie. It's is so it- far
2: wrong, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dead wrong. No, no, you were right about the bedwetting. It's bedwetting past the age of six, I believe. Which I did. And
0: cruelty
3: to animals and fire setting.
0: Right. I thought head injury was in there. No,
3: it pops up a lot. Yeah, it's one of the things that, like, if you have a head injury, you're more likely to be more violent because of the brain damage. But it's not part of the triad.
2: Yeah, and it's not, like, a guarantee, obviously. If you got bonked in the head, you're not going to necessarily, like, turn into a violent person. But it's, it does pop up a lot in, you know, serial killer cases Right, right, amusing.
0: right. Well, okay, so if you have all three, if you got the trifecta, what uh, what, what odds do you have of becoming a serial killer?
2: <laughs> no, I have no idea. I'm not an expert. I'm just a nerd. But I would say it would definitely make you one to watch.
0: Right, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: One to watch okay. I would watch your career with, with interest your future career with
0: interest. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah that's we got to get them we got to get these documentaries going young it's a, it's a competitive market you know we need to follow these people it's true
1: <laughs> So how many of these have you analyzed of the of the serial killers for your campfire pod, true crime podcast and how many of them have the trifecta
2: we well, actually we really actually covered one, right, Katie?
3: Yeah, we've only covered one serial killer, and it's a gentleman out of um, Kansas City uh, named John Edward Robinson.
0: <laughs> Always with and the triple names.
3: Yep. Is, mm-hmm. Oh, every time.
2: Yep. And, and the middle one is usually Wayne or Dwayne. Yeah. Or, uh, oh
0: mm-hmm. my God, I never thought about that before. <laughs> I had middle, another spoke on the trifecta.
1: Their middle name is That's usually John? Wayne or Dwayne, and what yeah, she said. Yeah. <laughs> I have someone who fits that profile. <laughs> oh, really? Well. well, steer clear.
2: Trust me, I try. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, but he was
2: a classic narcissist. This right. guy, like Robinson, the the he was called the the Internet Slave Master, which is just oh god, super he so Name the worst. Well,
0: that's see, that's the first yeah. red flag. You don't uh, never engage with anyone with the word slave master in their name, you know? <laughs> unless you're playing D and D. You know what I mean? Unless um, they're
2: a member of the band Guar or something, and then it's
0: you know, oh it's probably yeah, a show. absolutely. Um, <laughs> I uh, okay. So before we we jump into our subject, just uh, real quick, where where can uh, everyone find True True Crime Campfire?
2: Pretty much everywhere and anywhere you find podcasts.
0: All um, right, we're
2: pretty much. Um, populated at this point okay. and season one we have a little something for everybody we've we've done one season our first season was a, a one case serial so if you like a really deep dive and talk about narcissism oh my god you <laughs> will get a master class from the dude in season one and then if you like a different case every week that's what we started doing after season one
0: awesome so we've got a
2: lot of little one-offs and then we've got a long deep monster dive of the
0: week as well so that Pick sounds whichever awesome. one you want. Right, right.
3: And we're on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, so yeah, anywhere you yeah. want to yeah. look for us, we're yeah. there. Just They're a suggestion,
0: just, just, a, just a little advice, a um, good place to put your podcast, the internet. <laughs> oh, uh-huh,
2: uh-huh. uh-huh, Thank you. I just wish we thought of that. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. Um, all right. So, guys, we are discussing narcissists today, and we are going to jump right in with an anonymous confession... This is from a woman in West Virginia. Uh, she says, I technically qualify as a sociopath, but my psychologist and psychiatrist standards with... Uh, by my psychiatrist and psychologist standards with homicidal tendencies, but I haven't killed anyone yet. But can we agree sociopaths and narcissists are not the same thing? Some, uh, <laughs> some sort of emoji with, uh, with like the, a monocle. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I've held that diagnosis since I was 16. Sad face emoji. Wasn't even supposed to go back to school after that, but my mom put a return date on my discharge info, so I had to be escorted by the... on. Duty sheriff, deputy in between classes to the restroom and other classes away from the crowd. See the guidance counselor daily and anger management twice a week. I also pushed another student down two flights of steps, but it was in defense of someone Uh else. And the dude was like three times my side. So it still looked bad after having that on my medical record. And that incident happening one of the few times I was able to roam unsupervised. Wow. So...
1: Her, her diagnosis is the narcissist or the sociopath?
0: Um, I think she was diagnosed as a sociopath with homicidal tendencies.
2: Holy crap on a cracker. That's yeah. a heavy thing to hang on a, on a kid, and I didn't yeah, think no, they she made those diagnoses that early. Yeah.
3: Right. Yeah, yeah. They usually don't. And if we're talking about personality disorders, they're mm-hmm. often like a big Venn diagram. So somebody with narcissism can display symptoms of psychopathy and vice versa, but they are very different. She's right about that.
0: Right. Oh, definitely.
3: They're not the same thing.
0: Right. So, Uh, but isn't it something where like all psychopaths are narcissists?
2: But all not. Mm. not. Uh, Huh. I don't know. I mean, they would probably display a lot of those tendencies. I mean, like Katie says, there's a lot of crossover, but I don't know clinically. I mean, neither of us are, are mental health professionals, but I do actually want to point out that, as far as I know, anyway, and I could be dead wrong about this, but I thought I remembered reading recently that sociopath is not actually the formal diagnosis. It's an informal term that's used to describe people who have what they call antisocial personality disorder.
0: Oh. So is that the official so. diagnosis now? Antisocial?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, a DPO just used to catch all, the sociopath catch all for a lot of things. Mm. Uh, my sister yeah. and I were having a conversation about the difference between sociopaths and narcissists this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a number of narcissists in our family, in our orbit. So we, we were, and I'm not a therapist, I'm not a doctor, but, but just from our own novice reading that the the narcissist knows, like, it's about having a one-up hand. Mm. And will continue to be able to maintain that one-up hand while the sociopath mm-hmm. is just disconnected from the 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 reality of feelings of the other person Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm.
1: um that could be the antisocial personality component because they're not really engaged in the livelihood sure they're just trying to get through the world while the narcissist is trying to position themselves yeah it
0: it does almost seem like the narcissist is scarier because there are sociopaths who are pretty benign right like they're just like i just i just don't really feel like empathy you know like i just uh I see someone get hit by a car, I, I don't feel anything. I know to call the police, but it doesn't, like, freak me out or anything, you know? Like, it's a
1: detachment.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. The, well, most, most sociopaths, psychopaths are not violent.
0: Right, And I think right. it's
2: important sure. to say that because there's a lot of stigma surrounding, you know, any time you get sure. into anything with mental health and everything. And
1: most of these folks are never going to hurt anybody physically. So right, I think that's right. important to note. So how does this go back to your podcast? Like, that's, like, how, what, what information, what of this information do you use on your podcast? Uh, Well, we,
2: we like to to toss stuff in every now and again. Um, You know, again, we're not, we're not professionals, but we've, you start to see patterns in these cases over time. And, like, we, we bring things up on our show all the time, like, hey, doesn't this remind you of this case that we did in season two? And, you know, again, you can have narcissistic tendencies without having the personality disorder. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's. Some people might be kind of egocentric or something, but the, the term NPD refers to a very, very specific set of diagnostic criteria. And one of those is kind of an inability to regulate your emotions. So you see a lot of, like, issues with impulse control, and then you add that sort of sense of self-importance on top of that and an inability to see other people as real and I don't know if you guys are anybody fans of the writer Sir Terry Pratchett, like the Discworld series, and he's a what is British it? writer. He's Sir Terry Pratchett. He was one. He's one of my favorite writers. And no, heard of him. he, it, one of his characters in um, one of his books, says that treating people as things is the only real sin there is. Hmm. And I always think about that when we look at cases where it's pretty clear that the person involved is either a clinical narcissist or somebody with a lot of narcissistic tendencies. Right, right. Because it's almost like I'm the only one that's real. I'm the star of my own movie and Mm -hmm. everybody else is just an expendable extra. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then you
3: see them make really rudimentary, I'm going to call them mistakes, but it helps them get caught, so it's a good thing, because they see the cops as... Like a game to play. They think the cops are dumber than them, so they make dumb oh, mistakes yeah. by talking to the police or leaving evidence or whatever, what have you because they think they're the only person in the world that
0: matters. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Right, like the uh, the Columbine kid, you know, like didn't he kind of, uh, he put together this master plan and, and you know, couldn't conceive oh, yes. of it uh-huh. not working out. And, yes, uh, exactly. You know, just kind of like, couldn't, a lot of times they don't have a plan B, from what I hear. They just assume everything they do is going to work out perfectly.
2: Right. And and there's this weird paradoxical thing, like you mentioned the Columbine shooters. It also makes me think about Elliot Rodger, the supreme gentleman. You know, he was a mass murderer who went on a spree, had a manifesto, basically one of the first incels to gain mm. national attention. Okay, Remember this asshole? So yeah. he had... All these videos online where he was touting himself as, <clears throat> excuse me, as I said, the supreme gentleman, and he felt so entitled. Sure. To, <clears throat> sorry, I'm coughing. <clears throat> you guys can edit that out, I assume. <laughs> we have hilarious
0: sound effects we'll put over it, believe me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll go back a bit. <clears throat> sorry. That's all right. I've got phlegm. I promise have You can, I don't you can have take a virus. minute if you need it. All right, hang on. Let me take a drink of water. This happens all the time when Katie and I are recording too.
0: Believe me, way worse stuff. She's got the Rona, bro. All the time. What's that? She's <laughs> got the Rona, bro. The Rona, the Rona. Jeez. Oh,
2: it's not the Rona. I <laughs> promise. I work from home. I haven't even been out. We of my have house face in like masks
0: over our microphones right now. So
2: that be fun. <laughs> yeah. I think they're supposed to go on your face, but.
0: <laughs> now who's the narcissist? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, actually, so what the <laughs> hell was I even talking about with Elliot Roger?
3: I, I just—you were on a saying that there. he was so entitled.
2: Oh yeah, because you know, like, okay, got it, I got it, I got it. Okay. So it, you know, it makes me think you were mentioning the Columbine shooter kids, and it—it it also reminds me of that jackhole Elliot Roger. You remember he was one of the first incels to gain national attention. And, you know, he was a mass murderer. He had a manifesto, Very all very boring and gross. And, you know, here was a kid who would record himself just talking for hours on end and post it on YouTube as though he just assumed everyone would be fascinated. Right. And he felt, clearly felt completely entitled to have whatever he wanted, beautiful women, you know, of the type that, you know, he felt he deserved. Uh-huh. And, you know, that incel mentality Extra of, like, cheese. you know, I don't have to give anything back.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's all about me. Yeah, really. And yet. Kind of, what kind sorry, of tool I, I was just thinks that people want to hear his because voice I think over he the he internet?
1: Huh. Let's think. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hmm. Now, Natasha, tell us your experience with narcissism, if you will.
1: paint um, Being put on the spot is really hard. I don't know. I'm just thinking about the um, the areas and people in my life who ha- who have who've been narcissists that have created a power dynamic in which they uh, want to have the upper hand, right? And then it makes the other person look almost crazy
0: right, right. when
1: they aren't um, when they don't fall in line with that
0: stuff yeah a, it does seem like there's certain people that have like a, a plan going on behind the scenes like they're saying like with a lot of sociopaths they're just like so arrogant that they think everything's gonna fall in line I feel like a lot of narcissists really have like you know well,
1: well the narcissist also spends a lot of time on themselves mm-hmm. like making themselves look good physically. Mm-hmm. Um, socially, and so that's
0: how I know I'm not a narcissist. <laughs> so that, that's
1: just, I mean, that's just for Same. my, re- that's just for my reading and therapy, of right. My family. So yeah. uh, you know, it's more about the uh, presentation to the world, sure, and maintaining mm-hmm. a power dynamic. And at some point, that's also a defense mechanism for mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. depending on their own. Yeah, um, a lot
0: of narcissists like had childhood trauma, do right. I think? Like most of them, like abandonment.
1: And that's where a lot of personality disorders come out of, too.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what about in the world of politics? Do you, you see a lot of that? <gasps>
1: <laughs> <Does> that- <laughs> I, I think when we see uh, elected officials <laughs> making sweeping, drastic. Right taking sweeping drastic actions without the consultation sure. of those they're impacting is mm. a demonstration of narcissism because uh. they are not really thinking outside of who they're hurting or right, out, right. Uh, or who Absolutely. their own, what their own agenda is. Yeah,
0: yeah. But thankfully we never see that around here. Never. But, yeah, uh, that's, that never happens. <laughs> I'll tell you what, <laughs> no. what does disappoint me. That you never see politicians go mad with power like in the way they, they used to like in ancient Rome and stuff, you know, like... Making your horse a, a, your VP or, you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> they, stay within the, they stay within the realm deciding of. Deciding they're of, a god. They stay in the realm of, like, not being insane to that level. Yeah, there's much
0: right. less lead in our
1: water
3: supply now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a lot more fun, though, if, like, you know, Obama, Obama, like, came on CNN and, like, declared that he was a god of some kind. Or, you know what I mean? Vladdy I don't know. Bill.
2: Hasn't Kim Jong Un
1: done some stuff like that? Or yeah, I, what was that? What was what was the question?
2: Kim
0: Kim Jong Un. Oh uh,
1: well, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's a
0: seems more interesting to me.
1: <laughs> he's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty extreme. You start looking at those personality disorders, though. But it's not quite as um, delusional.
0: Right. Right.
1: Maybe that's not the right word. Right. We have a delusional president. So.
0: Well, it does. It, that brings us to another question. Like, it, it does seem like a lot of people in positions of power are narcissists. And can that be a good thing? Like, as far as do we need narcissists to be CEOs and run companies and and be like selfish and grandiose so that we have we- you know the the things in society that a person like that could produce no
1: no i don't know I, I think i'm gonna it takes go her- a limb and say hell no I, 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 well, I, as somebody who's running for office and who's been who worked on the hill for a long time i think it takes a certain p- person who's willing to take the risk right and have the confidence but also has to have enough self-awareness mm. to know how they're impacting others
0: right right we exactly. don't have a That's lot of that thing. sometimes right.
1: but i do think what looks like Someone who, because even for myself, trying to, I have to pivot a lot back to my my uh, myself because I am the brand and in, polit- in my in my campaign, and right. so it looks like narcissism, but really it's just yeah. having to take be able to take. Oh the yeah, risk. being a
0: comedian is like that too. You're yeah. just constantly like, "Hey, who wants to pay me to listen to me talk about myself?" Exactly. <laughs> you know, like, um, but uh, Whitney and Katie, you think that there is no societal function for the narcissist?
3: Why well, I, I don't um, can't speak for Katie. Yeah, she doesn't speak for me. I know, but
0: you both just said no when I
3: asked. (laughs) Second of all, I I actually do agree with her in this case because one of the um, symptoms of uh, narcissistic personality disorder is that you exaggerate your sense of worth. So you exaggerate your accomplishments. Uh And lying doesn't get us anywhere. (laughs) Right. um, And I think, you know, we see a lot of psychopaths and sociopaths in Uh – like positions of power, right. For the same reasons, where they they don't care about who they crush to get ahead. Yeah, and it's very sad
0: that's that's that that's the mm-hmm. truth. Like it is true. It is a hard truth that like people like that well get ahead in a lot of ways.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, with think we've created. I think the world would be a little better with a little more empathy.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
3: I think that's also why we yeah. need a
1: diversity of backgrounds, not just. Uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, experiences like professional experiences lived experiences because then you get to balance the levels of empathy you get to balance the levels of insight that a person has Mm -hmm. uh, or that a a community of elected leaders have right so that you're moving in the right direction for those that you serve
0: okay right interesting
2: I agree and I think that, you know, risk-taking and not being afraid to take risks, that is actually that can be a positive and you do see that with folks who are labeled sociopaths, psychopaths. That might be a different discussion, but the problem is like Natasha was saying lack of empathy right. because when you start seeing people as things and when you start not viewing people as as real as you are and as complicated and textured as you are and you don't care what effects your decisions have on them, there is where we have the problem. And if the situation we're in right now doesn't highlight that, I don't know what's gonna. Mm
0: -hmm. We do
2: better when we work together, I think.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, let's move on to another confession. This is from Pat Conroy, Hanover, Pennsylvania. My father behaved as Donald Trump does. I was a possession. We were props to show the world how successful he was. I was nothing to him. So in the end, he died alone with none of his possessions to ferry him. Narcissists hurt you emotionally, you leave, they draw you back in with platitudes and apologies, slowly drawing you back into their web of abuse. It is validation of their power over you. Kind of like crabbing with a chicken wing. Hmm. Not, sure, not sure the metaphor there, but, uh, Pat, but continues. That, right? <laughs> Pat continues with, I call it toxic narcissism. At the very end of his life, I set aside my anger and assisted him best I could. Every time I visited, he would play Cats in the Cradle by Harry Chapin, uh, famously covered by Ugly Kid Joe in the (laughs) mid-90s, in an attempt to shame me. I reminded him that that the song is not about a bad son, but about the consequence of not being present as a parent. When he died, he gave everything he owned of value to his friends, including his life insurance, leaving me to settle his estate with nothing to settle with. His ashes sit in a moldering box. Is moldering a word? (laughs) Moldering box. Yes, it is. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, in a damp, dank basement awaiting my convenience. i got to get a spell check like for my microphone. I like that
1: last one, the awaiting his convenience. Like right. He wasn't was a priority to the dad. Right, so right. Why is he jumping to it?
0: Mm-hmm,
1: <sighs>
3: mm-hmm. Wow.
0: Yeah, it's sad. Wow. sad. God, it I. It is very sad. Whenever I hear about other people's families, I'm like, uh, my family is not that bad. You know what I
3: mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> I think yours is pretty and good. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they
0: are. They are.
3: <laughs> He's completely right. I mean... Narcissists, especially narcissist parents, don't view their children as people that you know you usher into the world they view them as possessions, trophies, and it's really, really sad to see the consequences of a childhood like that right absolutely
0: absolutely, yeah, yeah. it does seem like a lot of a lot of parents though, don't repeat the cycle and uh, are able to become better parents themselves mm hmm
2: Oh, yeah, I'm sure that's true. I'm sure some of them are terrific because they know what not to do.
0: Right, right, yeah. And
2: that can be so dangerous when you have a narcissistic personality raising kids because look at a situation like Chris Watts, the family annihilator out in Colorado, uh, who just a couple of years ago murdered his wife Shannon and their two kids, and it turned out he was having an affair, you know, and... Well, that's kind of mild compared to the other two. Yeah.
0: (laughs) <laughs> he threw in. He had an affair, like with, right after he killed everybody.
1: I think in this world that we have now, like of, of mental health. Huh? I'm sorry. What would you say? Nothing. With mental health treatment and services, like and and people being more aware of their of those options and being right. willing to take action, it allows us to have a more healthy culture uh, when raising children. Not that I have any children, but it's what I see.
0: Right. Yeah. 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 It does seem like people are, are better these days. You know. As far at as least
1: we have like this woke. Per, you know a uh, concept of trying to be different right. whether or not we're able actually have enough insight to be able to implement it is one thing but mm-hmm. the ability to have the resources to do it differently is, mm-hmm. are available
0: yeah definitely um
2: yeah i'm glad we're talking about it more anyway
0: absolutely um so this this family annihilator fellow would you <laughs> would you say he was a narcissist I oh, mean, yes. I can't
2: diagnose him, but I would, sure as hell th- I would sure as hell guess so that he was on that spectrum somewhere because, I mean, you see this a lot in, in those family annihilator cases and also just in cases like, you know, Scott Peterson or Drew Peterson. Oh, my God. Two Petersons. I mean, Michael Peterson. Oh, my God. Okay. their middle names Anderson, Wayne? Just FYI. <laughs> it just hit me. Like, there's just Whoa. so many Petersons that have murdered their wives. Anyway, so backing up. There's this kind of theme that runs through a lot of those cases where it's an intimate partner murder, whether it's a family annihilator and they take out the whole family, as in Chris Watts's case, or whether it's just, you know, killing your wife or your husband, where there's somebody who has grown up with this deep, deep need to be seen as the golden boy or the golden girl. And, you know, I mentioned Scott Peterson. I think he and Chris Watts are a lot alike. And they both had lives that were very much focused on surface, mm-hmm. you know, uh, on the appearance of success, right, right. and yeah. not necessarily the reality of success. Yeah, you know, buying things they couldn't afford, and just putting out this image to the world. Like the Watts family were very active on social media, and you know, everybody thought they were the perfect family. I mean, that's right. the cliche. Like on every Dateline, they seem to have it all. Yeah, and then yeah. when that's threatened. And you are faced with the possibility, for example, of having to admit that you want to walk away from your pregnant wife and your two young children because you're having an affair. Yeah. And now you have to be the asshole. It's much better to be the grieving widower.
0: Yeah. It
2: saves face. Right.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, And
2: sometimes that's a powerful motivator because I, I was trying to get at this earlier and then I lost my train of thought. but with with Elliot Roger that there's this paradoxical thing I think with narcissists that they project this image of grandiosity a lot of the time, but they have a really deep sense of insecurity.
1: Mm-hmm. And so they're actually absolutely. I
2: think very needy people. Right, absolutely because if you're not there to feed them and feed their ego, then you know, they're out of tricks. Yeah. What, what is the why,
3: Mike and what's that's it? why like the gentleman before was saying his his dad constantly needed them with him that's why they do that because if no one's looking at them, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Interesting. Hey, Mike, what's the saying? Is
1: it egomaniac with an inferiority, inferiority complex? complex? Yeah,
0: yeah. We hear mm-hmm. that a yeah. lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think every exactly. every person has that to some degree, right? Like we want to be we want to be loved and known, but on the inside, we're like scared to death that you know people are gonna see us for what we are, or whatever. You know.
1: Yes. <laughs>
2: Definitely.
0: Um, Natasha, do you not agree? <laughs> you seem to... Oh, no, I agree. I'm just, I'm just
1: processing.
0: Um, um, what, what was it I like the deal? It's like, oh, God,
3: it? <laughs> it's just me. What? <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, I, I hate that, that, it's when true, when I'm, like, that feeling like when I'm explaining something. That's right. the difference.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, what what you know, the hell is Scott Peterson's We want to be Peterson's loved, but we deal? want a
2: connection. We don't just want to be fed. You know what I mean? Like, that's the difference, is mm-hmm. that most of us want to be loved because we want to connect. Right. We want to give and take. Right. You know, we don't w- just want to take, take, take.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what was the deal with Scott Peterson? That, he, he had, no like, no <laughs> what prior... What wasn't the deal
3: with Scott Peterson? Honey, you don't want to <laughs> open that the can deal? of because we'll be here all day.
0: <laughs> give me your best <laughs> roast on Scott Peterson.
3: Oh, God. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I um, so I'm in this uh, true crime group on Facebook, and I once did just to give you an idea of how obsessed I am with the Scott Peterson case. I did a live stream that, all told, it was in two parts, but it was five and a half hours long.
0: Oh my <laughs> <Shit>. god! Wow. <laughs>
2: I know a lot about that case. I think Sounds he's like a very it. typical he's a very typical type of spouse murderer. I think he's exactly like Chris Watts in that he was raised in a family where he was told pretty much from day 1 that he was the golden child mm. and that was reinforced when he did what they wanted him to do and when he did not that was the you know there was punishment in the form of like you know not getting that adulation and attention and scott was a chameleon so you know he had all kinds of different girlfriends and he was a different person with every one of them so with Lacey, the wife that he murdered he was into food and wine and martha Weird. stewart and cigars and things cuz that those were the kinds of things that she liked with his mistress Amber Fry, she was a devout Christian, and so he ordered fake diplomas from theology colleges Whoa. and things like that and pretended you to be spiritual. Those? He'd never gone to church. Like he was never a religious guy, but suddenly he was quoting scripture to her.
0: Wow. And he went
2: vegetarian for another mistress. And oh, yeah. although he would only do it when he was with her, and he would laugh to friends that as soon as she was out the door he'd eat a burger. But he he just Weird. would mold himself into whoever. The current person that he was getting that supply of adoration from uh-huh. wanted him to be it was
1: really creepy he 's a total chameleon well, so taking like on Madonna. the personality of the person you're with to right. so that mm-hmm. you can get yeah. that overwhelming sense yeah. of you're doing something good or you are good or the right. connect and even and even that's about the connection they're wanting to connect at some level mm-hmm. 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 or or at least they're wanting to get praised
2: and wanting to feel like someone is you know, adoring them.
0: Uh huh. Sure. Uh-huh. Um, but he never had, like, any history before, right, of, like, any type of violent behavior or anything, did he?
1: But he had the history nope. of, of, of taking on all these personalities or having yeah. these different ways of living. Yeah, yeah. A lot of exactly. times...
2: No, not that we know of, no violent history.
1: Not that yeah. there was a place for touches in his life, but if, if we think about uh, the different... Opportunities to have examined that. Like, would it have, uh, would would the killing not have happened Mm -hmm. if we would have, if he had had some sort of touch along the way with each person he was trying to be a different person with? Mm -hmm. Would Mm -hmm. we have gotten, would he have gotten to the place where he killed someone?
0: You know what we would have called him in high school? What? A poser.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) I forgot about that one. (laughs) Yeah,
2: definitely.
0: I didn't know what that word meant for the longest time, like when I was saying it when I was like 14. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, Katie, who is a who is a narcissist that you find fascinating?
3: Oh, that's a really good question. Um I think I find Matt Baker. Um he was a spouse killer, yet again. Um he was also a pastor out of um, Texas. All right. And he he murdered his wife and then probably like a week later moved his mistress in and started making his daughters call her mommy. So <laughs> he's pretty much the worst Holy person i ever encountered.
0: What is, the, do people not watch dateline? Like how do you make those stupid mistakes? Like did he take out an insurance policy on or two like the week before? Oh, they course. always do that. No,
3: he did.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember if he had an insurance policy. On. I think he must've done, but <sighs> the motive was that he wanted this woman.
3: No, because he didn't initially get the insurance money anyway because he made it look like a suicide. Uh, oh, that's right. Um, yeah, and
0: mm-hmm.
3: the cops were like, "Oh, a pastor wouldn't do anything wrong," so they like not. brushed it off as a suicide. No one's ever done family... anything violent
0: in the name of God.
3: No, no. <laughs> and uh, he, 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 like typed her suicide note too. It was disgusting.
0: Ugh. But uh, yeah, was it, but it like? But family... be clear, this is not my husband's fault. Triple underline. Double exclamation point. That was exactly what it was like. Right.
2: Exactly. You're exactly right. Yep. That was exactly what it was
0: like. (laughs) Wow, that's insane. All right, let's read another one here. This is from Joshua Baton, Baltimore, Maryland. The one that I knew was a living, breathing New Yorker cartoon. He was an accomplished book author who had all the accoutrements of success proud of me for, for uh, pronouncing accoutrements correctly? I'm yes. really
1: happy about that one.
0: With all that, he still felt the need to brag constantly. In New Yorker cartoons, such characters will trample over irony to take the spotlight. Here's another example in the New Yorker context, uh, which may not be apocryphal. Apocryphal. God damn it. I even did that one before. Is it applicable? Apocryphal. Apocryphal. Well, I'm going to edit that. At some sort of party, when suffering through a braggart glorifying all his material wealth, Joseph Heller was overheard to say sideways, well, I've got something he will never possess enough. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh.
3: When Joseph Heller dunks on you, I think... (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i think that's uh i think you can roast you master die. i think that's yeah. the only solution <laughs> oh,
0: man, yeah now, uh, I, i'll tell you though I, I, it's hard for me to research these things and read about them without starting to kind of think eh, that's kind of me you know like, yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs>
1: it's kind of like your web and dean yourself but on the uh, personality it's ch- like
0: tarot or something like you, <laughs> you're, you're gonna find something in there that's <laughs> gonna fit right right astrology there's yeah a,
3: there's a name that for that actually cool. What? It's called uh, psychology student syndrome because really? students of psychology do this, yeah.
0: Wow, interesting. Cool. I
3: have everything, and med students mm-hmm. too, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's, is it, I feel like also it's trendy for people to passive aggressively diagnose people, you know, like, oh, my ex is a narcissist Oh, yes. You know what I mean,
1: but that's also the way we're able to justify it in our brains. You know yeah. like what their behavior is, <laughs> right, what right. the other per- what's wrong with the other person. Right.
0: That's a whole another conversation yeah. too, though, isn't it? Like the this this mm-hmm. uh, fun, like kind of pop psychology phenomenon of um, yeah, I don't know, like labeling everything. But a lot of times it can be really vague.
1: It's even kind of what we're doing mm-hmm. now in this conversation. It's 100% I was just doing. I know, right.
0: we're,
2: we seem we to we're we're labeling, labeling a, a lot of fun people. Fun little pastime, well,
0: <laughs>
1: right
2: now.
0: That is something a sociopath would say, Natasha. So.
2: <laughs> Whoa, my back Hey, why backup. should we get to I mean, do it if everybody else
0: does? As an empath who just is only happy when he helps others and also is a Holocaust survivor, I think that that's kind of... <laughs> and
1: delusional.
0: Yeah, kind of offensive. Um, all right, guys. So I sir- thought you
2: were reading another confessional when you started that. I was like, are you serious? Somebody wrote <laughs> yeah, it as a Holocaust survivor.
0: No, oh, <laughs> yep, that was man. me. Uh, all right. Is there anything else we'd, uh, we'd like to discuss? Katie, Whitney, any, uh, any more thoughts on narcissism? Anything you want to get out there? I now? actually
3: do. All right, I have go one for one I it. I do too. I'm sorry.
0: Absolutely. Both. <laughs> okay, no, you please. go first, Katie. Please.
3: So when you're talking about narcissists, I came across this thing called a narcissist prayer. And so it's something you can think about when you're dealing with somebody that has these earmarks. And a narcissist prayer goes, that didn't happen. And if it did, it wasn't that bad. And if it was, that's not a big deal. And if it is, that's not my fault. And if it was, I didn't mean it. And if I did, you deserved it. Holy shit. Okay, I'm
0: not a narcissist because I am the exact opposite of every last one of those. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it's See, like, I, I did
0: this 12 years ago and it's ruined the world. That's actually the last part of the prayer, <laughs> dude. What's the last part? Nothing. You well, deserved it. What was the? Oh, deserve. Oh, okay. All right. Well, maybe I am then.
3: Because the, fir- cause <laughs> the
1: well, first, the first part do talked, deserve it. The first part <laughs> talked a lot about denial, denial of a lot of de- like whether uh,
0: of mm-hmm. their
1: behavior, of other people's behavior. But it's when you start deflecting it off yourself that it became the narcissist component.
0: Right.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, we, yes, we've exactly. all known those people. I mean, okay. come on. We've all known those Absolutely. people. Some of yeah. us have dated those people who nothing is ever their <laughs> fault, ever.
0: <laughs> what about people that will just straight up videos. lie about something obvious? Like I remember I, had, I worked with a chef who would tell you to do something and it turned out to be wrong and then, and then he'd be like, I didn't tell you to do that. You know, just like straight mm-hmm. to your face. I think it's just
1: what she read.
0: Right. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yep. So yep. Mm-hmm. weird. Good old Good gaslighting. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah,
3: favorite you're remembering it wrong.
0: Now gaslighting yeah, is very exactly. a very popular term these days. Will someone explain to me that exactly?
2: Well, yeah, it's basically just exactly what Katie just read to us. It's trying to alter somebody else's sense of reality. I mean now, that, it's based that was on Whitney an that old read movie. That. <laughs> hmm?
0: that was Whitney that read that. What are you talking about?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Do you really think our voices are that similar? That's so funny. I never thought they were, but maybe. So She's altering yeah, your reality, Whitney. Yeah, he, he, oh was be, he was trying to mess he's trying to. No,
0: but, just no, but seriously. Right though. into it. Right, right. <laughs> See,
2: that's how easy it is to get gas lit. <laughs> Gaslight. But yeah, it's another thing that comes up constantly on our show is gaslighting, gaslighting. Right, right. Like, you know, I mean, a real simple example. And it's based on an old movie with Ingrid Bergman where yeah, his yeah. husband was trying to drive his wife mad. And, you know, he was, like, changing the lights around the house. Yeah, and did say, you guys so know about this until
0: recently? Like, I feel like this, this just became a thing recently that I've heard about. Is that always been a thing? I
1: think we've just called it yeah, abuse. Uh, and now it has, like, a more um, a more poignant Uh, name for it, but I mean, it's a form of abuse no Mm -hmm. matter what. And so, Mm -hmm. but I also think it, well, it absolutely happens a lot. We overuse it too. So it's being. uh, It's like
0: a trendy word. Yeah.
1: It's being saturated at this Mm -hmm. point. So we want to make sure when we use it, it's appropriately used. Right.
0: Right.
2: Right. Yeah. So it would be like a good example from a case we did recently is this guy, Mark Jensen, who murdered his wife and he had been cheating on her for, years and she knew something was up and you know she absolutely knew it she would find evidence around and he would just say you're paranoid you're crazy you're hysterical you need to see a doctor i think your mind is unraveling i think you're depressed you need to go on medication when he knew perfectly well what he was doing
0: Uh uh-huh so Uh trying to make
2: her feel like her reality was right. of his own you know the one of his own creation, not the one that was actually there
0: with, with this count as gaslighting, like I feel like I had someone who would kind of like was really shady and would do things behind my back and just do a lot of shady things. And then when I would confront him on it, he would he would like be like, Mike, you're, you're sensitive, you're paranoid, you know, it's not all mm-hmm. about you. You know what I mean? Like kind of turn it around. Mm-hmm. Like- it's
1: the lack of validation. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's the lack of not validating your feelings mm-hmm. and telling you you're wrong. And
0: then I think like maybe I am, you know, like maybe I am being too sensitive or maybe, you know, maybe I am an asshole and I think everything, everybody's talking about me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's such a bizarre cycle. That's exactly cycle.
2: the desired effect. It's it, a manipulative tactic, mm-hmm.
0: and the confusion in it is is always rough because it's like, well, I I am capable of of you know um, being egocentric and you know like it's like mm-hmm. it, it, they'll kind of like use your own flaws against you, you know like I think mm-hmm. that's oh, why we, I
1: think yeah. I mean it's good to spot check though like we mm-hmm. have a community around us other people I mean. Hopefully, most people have friends of some, uh, of, that care about them in some way, and spot-checking those behaviors because mm. we can all make things in our head, right? But right. it's uh, but at a point like in which only one person saying this to you, right, right, That's yeah. when it's you have to right, question yeah, the reality. Yeah, that's very
0: of it. true. That's very true. Yeah, yeah. Well,
1: that's one
2: of the reasons why abusers use isolation yes. as such an effective tactic because if you get people away from their support systems, then <laughs> they don't have anybody in their ear saying that's ridiculous. You know better than that. That's like true.
0: Like R. Kelly. Yeah. Like <laughs> R. Yeah. So <laughs> have you seen the R. Kelly stuff, Natasha?
1: I'm not watching it. It is insane I know I've heard I know enough to know enough.
0: It is freaking nuts. What do you guys think about R. Kelly? Uh,
3: gross. I, <laughs> I'm with Natasha. I it will make me way too angry. That's yeah. one of those things that I can't do.
0: Right, right. Yeah, it's just like yeah. Awful I'd want to chart. avoid a
3: rage migraine, so I stay away from.
0: <laughs> wow, all the all the horrible things you expose yourself to. <laughs> R. Kelly's. Yeah.
1: Well, I think it's because the the victimization the, right. of young people. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and yeah that, I mean,
0: it's like straight up sexual assault on underage mm-hmm. people. You know, like
2: on kids. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And he's so arrogant and, like, I remember watching his interview with um, Oprah's buddy Gail, I forget what her last name <laughs> is, um, off the top of my head, but he's, like, looming over her mm. and shouting and just, uh I can't. I can't with that yeah. horse shit. No. Yuck. He's wow. gross. But the, the gaslighting thing, you know, you asked if anybody had anything else they wanted to add. Mm. I wanted to just very quickly say that, you know... When you're talking about narcissistic personality disorder, you know, it can present in different ways. And we've been talking more about the like a lot of the listener submissions have been really sort of stereotypical, braggadocious, flashy, loud, extroverted mm. narcissist types. But there's also a sneakier type called a covert narcissist. And I think they're worth talking about too. I was reading sure. about this the other day, that these folks are still narcissists, still narcissistic, but they present very differently. So these might be the folks that are very, moral, you know, very um, passive aggressive, and they might self-deprecate in order to fish for compli- for compliments. Right. I'm just gonna start that over because I just garbled that whole thing. <laughs> mm. All right,
0: that so one's definitely they, me.
2: So they might self-deprecate, you know, instead of bragging, they might fish for compliments a lot.
0: Uh But there's uh
2: that same disregard for anybody else's rights or opinions or feelings. So just be aware.
0: Are they the kind that are, like, also the victim, the victim, like, you know, they're always, everyone's always out to get them type
2: Totally. Yes. Well, paranoia is definitely one of the diagnostic criteria. You don't have to have it. I mean, you only have to meet, like, a certain number of the the things on the list. But paranoia is one of them.
0: So, okay. yeah. Okay. Everybody's well, is, to get me. is paranoia the same as, like, uh, victimhood, you think? Mm. I feel I think uh, paranoia, I think, I think like, um, you know, government agents it, are watching me. and.
1: No, it doesn't have to be that extreme. I mean, mm-hmm. paranoia could just be, no. I mean... You you just think something. When's the other shoe going to drop?
0: Right, right. Uh,
1: living in a place of fear, uh-huh. um, or th- in a place of fear of not not catastrophe, but like fear that somebody's you're not going to get something you want, or someone's mm-hmm. going to hurt you, or something like that.
0: Nature. But what about the person that talks endlessly about what a victim they are, And like you know?
1: Uh, those are hard to deal with.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's it's tough too because it's like. People really are shitty in this world, so we are victims a lot of the time, you know. But uh, mm-hmm. I, there's certain people that you know. It's like every day on Facebook, like,
1: well, they live in a different. I mean, their their confidence is low. The reality is warped mm-hmm. in a way that they could probably use some help and yeah. support. So be nice to them, Mike.
0: Right, I will.
3: <laughs> yeah, Mike. Jeez, <laughs> you're such a monster. But I think, but I think turning yourself into a victim or somebody else into a victim is a narcissist. Trait because mm-hmm. you can get in an argument with somebody and let's say they wronged you, and then at the end of the argument you're apologizing to them. Yep.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. a
3: narcissist trait.
0: Yeah, absolutely, totally and that's that. a very
2: <laughs> covert trait as well. So that's that more likely, I think, to pop up in that type that I was just talking about.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Interesting. I'm worthless.
2: I do, you know you don't deserve you don't deserve to be with someone as crappy as me. I've, has anybody ever been with somebody like this? I <laughs> I was. Yes. It was usually. Like, I'm, I'm sorry.
1: I'm such a. Uh, what is it? I'm sorry I'm such a shit show. Right.
0: I'm sorry yes, exactly. that, damaged you know, goods. yes.
1: And it's like, I'm not, I'm not feeding into that bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, I'm not going down that road to, you know, make you feel more pathetic so you could feel more powerful in the dynamic. Interesting. Yeah, okay. exactly. I like that you, that you bring up the power dynamic because I think
2: that's exactly what it's about at the end of the day.
0: Can you explain that a little more?
2: Yeah, well, um I think Natasha said it said it well that they these folks are always trying to get the upper hand mm-hmm. and the upper hand for them means that the focus is on them right, and on right. building them up and on feeding that constant sort of sucking need for validation.
3: Yeah. And it
2: can take a lot of different forms the way people go about that and the various flavors of that are legion I would think, but it's right. that's what it's what I believe is at the core of it is an insecurity and just a constant need for validation from other people, so a narcissist on a deserted island is going to be miserable.
0: Huh. Interesting. There's nobody
2: around to feed them.
0: Well, that's when you create a uh, volleyball, volleyball with a face to talk to. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was what Wilson was for. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Probably. I mean, that was like the first thing he did was was create someone to listen, <laughs> listen to him talk.
3: And co-sign is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Right. I won't have I won't have Tom Hanks slurred. In this good Christian podcast,
0: <laughs> one of the few comedians or celebrities that hasn't uh, been exposed in the last few. When are we gonna? When's the shoe gonna drop on Tom Hanks? You know what I mean? Oh no! Stop! No. You I know, mean, if we I had a a,
2: Wilson, he they would recently just be like. You, go ahead. If I had a Wilson volleyball, he would be like, "Is that how you're wearing your hair? Seriously." <laughs> Tom Hanks yeah. as Wilson is probably like, "Hey, you want to play checkers?" Tell me your favorite color. My Wilson would be like, seriously? Like, that (laughs) contouring looks ridiculous. I don't even know what you were thinking with that. And also, you've worn that shirt three days in a row.
0: (laughs) Hey, let's don't forget about that time that lady yelled at you five years ago. We should uh, bring that (laughs) up and ruminate on it.
2: (laughs) My Wilson is just an abusive
0: asshole.
2: (laughs) I'm
1: just going to punt him into the sun. (laughs) You might need a new Wilson. Yeah. Positive I think I do. positivity.
0: Right. Yes. Right, yeah, here's a list of everything you've ever done wrong. <laughs> all right. Um, anything else we want to add? Did we did we get everything out, Katie and uh, and Whitney? Everything we want to discuss. I'm good. good. I'm
2: good. This was right.
0: fun. Well, let's uh, let's let's plug the uh, true crime campfire podcast once again. You can find that on on all platforms on on the internet, right? Uh, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. Correct.
2: That mm-hmm. is correct. correct,
0: Awesome. And you've got a little uh, community going on your Facebook page if I'm not mistaken.
2: Yep, cool. and on Instagram and Twitter, come hang out with us. It's a fun uh, it's a fun show.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm really enjoying your podcast. I'm glad you guys are, are doing so successful. Um, Thank you likewise. And, uh, well, we're not doing that successful, but <laughs> <There it laughs> let's is. talk about the what a victim mine I I'm waiting. <laughs> Oh, Mike, you're doing wonderful. Thanks, Natasha. (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you so much. This has been awesome. I'm so glad you came on. It's been a great episode, and uh, we will definitely keep in touch with you. Thank you, Natasha.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And we will see everybody next time on The Confessional.